Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are taking a look at the longest psalm, which is also the longest chapter in the entire book of the Bible, and that is Psalm 119. This psalm is anonymous, and one of the reasons this psalm is so long is that the psalmist has made it an acrostic so that every eight lines of each of the 22 sections starts with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The main point of this psalm is the law, and we see that by how many times he writes the word, plus he uses various words for God's laws numerous times. For instance, the English word law is used a total of 25 times, testimony or testimonies 23 times, precept or precepts 21 times, statue or statues 21 times. The Hebrew word mispat can be translated into English as judgment, ordinances, custom, and or justice, and it's used 23 times. Psalm 111 and Psalm 112 are acrostics, but they each just have one line for each Hebrew alphabet. In Psalm 119, each letter has eight lines starting with that letter. One thing my Psalms professor, J. Stephen Yule, pointed out in his book, The Path of Life, Blessedness in Seasons of Lament, is throughout this psalm, the writer uses either they, meaning the enemy, or it could be the believers, you, meaning the Lord, who is the remedy in the situation, and I, meaning the writer, and that is the subject. I will be quoting Dr. Yule many times throughout this because his whole book is on Psalm 119. Dr. Yule also pointed out in his book that this psalm, which is mainly a lament, we first draw near to God, Second, with the psalmist, we talk to ourselves. And third, as we sing this lament, we discover that confusion gradually gives way to confidence. As he says, in short, we learn that the path of life is blessedness even in seasons of lament. And that's found in the introduction of his book. As I reread through this Psalms, I think of Dr. Betts, my Old Testament professor, and he said over and over and over again, the Jews never talked of the law of God in a negative manner. It was always in the positive. And this Psalm shows that clearly. Psalm 119 starts similarly to Psalm 1. How blessed are those Whereas Psalm 1 starts, how blessed is the man. Verses 1 through 8 all start with the Hebrew letter Aleph. The psalmist described a blessed man just like in Psalm 1. 
The blessed man walks after the ways of the Lord. Almost every section has a request of God. And in this section, it is found in verse 8. The psalmist cries out to God, Do not utterly forsake me. Dr. Yule says in this section, If we are searching for blessedness, we'll never find it. It is a byproduct meaning it depends on our relationship with God and his righteousness, page 19. In verses 9 through 16, the Hebrew letter is bet. In this section, the psalmist asks the Lord, Do not let me stray from your commands. One of my favorite verses in this section is verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Ladies, there is power from God when we read, ponder, meditate, and memorize God's word. Section 3, the Hebrew letter Gimel, starts off with a request from God. Do good to your servant, verse 17. The psalmist asks God to open his eyes to see wonderful things in your law. He also asks God to not hide his commands and to remove him from scorn and contempt. One thing I can attest to is the more I dig into the scripture, the more wonder I see in it. In Dalit, the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the psalmist has many requests. Preserve my life, teach me, let me understand, strengthen me, keep me, be gracious, and do not let me be put to shame. And all of these requests are surrounded by the law of God. In the midst of this distress, the psalmist has turned to God. And in verse 32, he writes, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Dr. Yule says, as a result of the psalmist running to God, he, the Lord, draws near, removes guilt, and restores peace. The God who brings us to our knees sets us on our feet. Page 56. In verses 32 through 40, the Hebrew letter, hey, the psalmist cries out to God, Teach me, give me understanding, direct me, turn my heart, preserve my life, fulfill your promise, take away the disgrace, preserve my life again. As before, all of these requests are surrounded by God's laws and his ways. Vav, verses 41 through 48, only has two requests. Verse 41, may your unfailing love come to me, O Lord. And verse 43, do not snatch the word of your truth from my mouth. This section starts with the love of God. And Dr. Yule said, as we meditate on God's love, it stirs in us heartwarming apprehensions. Knowing God's love is the difference between everything and nothing, feasting and famine, fullness and emptiness, a refreshing oasis, and a crippling desert. That's found on page 70 of his book. With verses 49 through 56, the Hebrew letter Zayin, the word remember is used three times. The only request starts in verse 49. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. 
It continues by saying that his comfort in the midst of his suffering is founded on God's promises which preserve his life. The psalmist remembers the Lord's ancient laws. And then in verse 55, the psalmist remembers the name of the Lord in the night. Two things that Dr. Yule said in his book with this section, with regards to remember God's word, especially in times of lament, he says, we must refuse the temptation to sit around feeling sorry for ourselves. Instead, we must engage in serious thinking. Page 65. Then he said with regards to God's name, He isn't merely wise, but he is wisdom. He isn't merely powerful, but he is power. He isn't merely good, but he is goodness. He isn't merely holy, but he is holiness. He isn't merely just, but he is justice. God's attributes are distinguished in their objects and effects, but they are all one in him. That's found in pages 80 and 81 of his book. With section 57 through 64, the Hebrew letter het, the psalmist prays, be gracious to me according to your promise, verse 58 and teach me your decrees, verse 64. This section talks of the importance of having companions that also follow God's ways. Then the Hebrew letter Tet, verses 65 through 72. The psalmist asks the Lord to do good to him, teach him knowledge, and teach him God's decrees. Here the psalmist declares that God's laws are better than silver and gold. One thing with this passage that Dr. Yule says is, God tests his people. We might not want to hear it, but we can't deny it. Page 97. In the 10th section, Yod, verses 73 through 80, the psalmist asks God to give me understanding. May your unfailing love be my comfort. Let your compassion come to me that I may live. May the arrogant be put to shame for wronging me without cause. And may those who fear you turn to me, and may my heart be blameless. Verse 75 is key in this section, and maybe to the whole psalm. I know, O Lord, that your laws are righteous, and in faithfulness you have afflicted me. We then have probably the darkest part of the psalm, verses 81 through 88, the Hebrew letter kaf. The writer's requests are, how long must your servant wait? Verse 84. When will you punish my persecutors? Verse 84. Verse 86. Help me for men persecute me without cause. Verse 88. Preserve my life according to your love. Here we see the psalmist's soul faints. His eyes fail. He's like a dried up wineskin. Even though he's at his lowest, he still trusts in the Lord's word. Dr. Yule quotes the theologian Charles Spurgeon who says, The worst circumstances cannot destroy the true believer's hold upon his God. And that is from Spurgeon's book, Golden Alphabet, page 176. In the Hebrew letter, Lamed, 
verses 89 through 96, there is only one request. Save me for I am yours. Wayne Watson, a Christian songwriter and singer, sang a song, We Belong to Him. And the main point of that is because Jesus died for us, so we are free from the ways of sin and death, but we are then also bought by his sacrifice. So we no longer are our own. We belong to the Lord. With the letter Mem, verses 97 through 104, there are no requests. It says, Oh, how I love your law. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. This section makes me think of the story of Jesus as a boy in the temple in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. He was probably around 12 years old, and he was listening and asking questions of the teachers in the temple. And in verse 47, it says, And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Then verse 40 says, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. If Jesus in his humanity grew in wisdom, we probably need to do so too. In verses 105 through 112, the Hebrew letter Nun, the psalmist asked God to preserve his life, accept his praise, and to teach him God's laws. Verse 105 is a popular chorus. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This was by Amy Grant. One thing I learned about these types of lights, the one for your feet, is that they basically shine just a step or two ahead, not like our car headlights, more like a foggy drive where you can only see your next step. And that is how life is, at least for me. I very rarely know God's plan for me in advance. It is a day-by-day and sometimes just a moment-by-moment walk with the Lord as our shepherd will protect us from the enemy. Verses 113 to 120 are the Hebrew letter Samak. The requests are, sustain me, do not let my hopes be dashed, uphold me. The Lord is our refuge, shield, and hope. With the Hebrew letter Ayan, The psalmist asked God, Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servant's well-being. Let not the arrogant oppress me. Deal with your servant according to your love. Teach me your decrees and give me discernment. And then the psalmist tells the Lord, It is time for you to act because your law is being broken. I think people are praying this a lot today. Verses 129 through 136, pay, the psalmist cries out, turn to me, have mercy on me, direct my footsteps, redeem me, make your face shine on me, and teach me your decrees. One thing that Dr. Yule said in this section, we need to remember that the Christian life always ends well, but it doesn't always go well. That's found on page 150 of his book. One verse that I can relate with is verse 136. 
Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. Being in church life for years, I can't count the number of people who have left not just the church, but the Lord. And there have been many times I have had streams of tears flowing from my eyes, because as the psalmist makes clear, it's through the Lord's ways and his word that God's blessings come. Verses 137 through 144 said, There is only one request. Give me understanding that I may live. Righteousness is used three times in these eight verses, and the word right is used two times. As Dr. Yule says, God's righteousness is one perfection of his nature. Page 160. In the section Kuf, Verses 148 through 152, the psalmist asks God to answer him, save him, hear him, and preserve him. Dr. Yule asks, how do we handle injustice, especially when we are powerless to do anything about it? Found on page 166. And the answer is we cry out to God who is able to do something about it. Verses 153 through 160 which is the Hebrew letter Resh. The psalmist asked God to look upon my suffering, deliver me, defend my cause, preserve my life according to your promise, preserve my life according to your laws, and preserve my life according to your love. The psalmist knows God's promises and God's laws, so he knows what to cling to. But he also knows that we desperately need God's love to make it worthwhile. Verses 161 to 168 is the letter sin or shin. Depends on where the dot goes. In this section, there are no requests. The psalmist enemies are still persecuting him. But his heart trembles at God's word. I rejoice in your promise. I love your laws. So he says... Then verse 164 says, Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. In this we see great peace comes to those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, O Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts, for all my ways are known to you. As the psalmist is immersed in the law of the Lord, in his word, it strengthens his heart and he finds great peace. In the New Testament, after the Lord's Last Supper, Jesus tells his disciples to not let their hearts be troubled, but to believe in God and to believe in him, John chapter 14. He continues and says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, verse 6. He then says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 15. He continues talking of the coming of the Holy Spirit, that spirit of truth. And he will teach us all things and will bring to remembrance all that Jesus has said. Verse 26. Then he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. For the Lord Jesus loves the Father, and he obeys the Father. In the last letter, Tav, 
verses 169 through 176. It is full of requests. May my cry come before you. Give me understanding. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise. May my tongue sing of your word. May your hand be ready to help me. Let me live that I may praise you. May your law sustain me. Then the last verse. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forsaken your commands. In the New Testament, the Lord Jesus says the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Then he says, if one sheep out of a hundred go astray, the shepherd would leave the ninety-nine and go after the one that has strayed. And when that one sheep was found, there is great rejoicing. This story is found in Matthew chapter 18 verses 10 through 14 and in Luke chapter 15 verses 1 through 7. Ladies, if you are by chance that one lost sheep today, the Lord is seeking you. Why? Because he loves you deeply. And if you are one of the 99 in his fold, he loves you too. So ladies, today if you hear the voice of the great shepherd, Don't harden your hearts. Don't run away. Instead, let's be women who pray, praise, and obey the Lord. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.